you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. The Around the NFL podcast is not brought to you by FanDuel. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. New money drop there. I happened to come in here yesterday when our friend uh, Matt Money Smith, the pipes of uh, the West Coast, as we call him. Weird name, but he, yeah, good voice. he was good recording voice. all of those money drops. And what a pro. I saw him do it, and he did three different recordings for each one, like, you know, emphasizing words a little differently, trying to be funny in a different way so that TD could choose, you know, which wow. one he liked the best. And he had, no lie, a glass of wine in front of him. That's classic. Well, 11, that coats the throat. Greg. 11 in the morning. I can, can o- tell you. I can offer a little context to that. He, I, I would assume immediately, or I would hope, uh, preceding uh, taping the money drops, he took part in the 20th annual Sheckies. That's true. Uh, there, the there was a reason. Damashek football program. Uh, his award ceremony where I was robbed and uh, best non-football player uh, guest. Uh, Ooh. Me and Money both lost out to Marcus Grant of the fantasy team, which, you know, Mark's wow. a good guy. Well, what about Mark? And Mark didn't even get nominated. Mark Sessler should have been on that list. I don't think I've even appeared on that show in two Wes, years. So. Wes got snubbed altogether. It's an outrage. So anyway, Marcus Grant is a, a great uh, fantasy writer and a, a good person, but frankly, you know, I felt – wildly disrespected this and the pie competition which Dave I think Dave uh, had some issues with me at the time and it led to him eliminating me from Whoa. the pie competition mm. um, I will do a 30 for 30 on that one day <laughs> I should have went back to back to back as a champion but I didn't check out the Sheckies though a yeah. long way of getting to that which uh, yeah, you're really very sold good. on YouTube it's an excellent uh, program money's wine reminds me of a Jerry Rice story mm. 
came in here to do uh, a social media gig was and was sitting right next to me. It's 10.30 in the morning, and, you know, his handlers come in, and they say, can we get you anything to drink? And he's like, yeah, I'll have a glass of wine, please. <laughs> At 10.30 in the morning. That's oh, great. When you're the goat, I guess yeah. you can change the way society looks at when it's okay to drink wine. Yeah, Money had a three-hour-long uh, big time radio show to do later that day. Says he had just taken a few sips of the wine. He 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 basically no. said that Sheck was drunk though. I listen to that show <laughs> in my car often, and he's excellent. Number one, and he's one of the ba- best ad readers you will ever find. And he has long sixty second ones he has to do on the radio. But I remain convinced he is the son of Tom Brokaw. <laughs> he had more than a sip of that wine, by the way. If you watch the Sheckies, anyway, welcome to the Thursday edition of the Around the NFL podcast. This is, of course, our preview show uh of the week ahead week 17 the final week of the regular season we finally reached the end of the yellow brick road 2015 nfl season mark i know you never think the season's ending the season is ending on sunday night well i mean one thing that we were discussing and agreeing on yesterday that it is time for some of these teams to go away. I mean, mercifully, for their fan bases, for the coaches presiding over two-win franchises, it is time for a break, and let's get to some real football games between some good teams. Yeah, there's some bad games this week that we're just going to motor right through. Good football is coming, though. Yeah, yeah. It is coming. It's almost like this is the penance you must pay. you got to deal with all these all-star-ends that uh, are just playing out the string. There will, there are some, of course, some big uh, plot lines going on with certain games, including uh, my favorite football team, uh, as teams are trying to either get in the playoffs or get better seeds in the playoffs. Uh, but, yes, there are some clunkers, but we will go through all of them because, listen, ultimately this is a show about the NFL, so whether the team sucks or not, we're going to talk about them, even if just a little bit. Yeah, we might also talk about Greg your QB index a little bit later. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of <laughs> consternation across the NFL media landscape about that. <laughs> so we'll get to all that. So why don't we, Sydney? How you doing, by the way? Happy New Year's Eve. Happy New Year's Eve, Dan. So you, going? you're you're a young woman. I remember once upon a time when I was in my 20s, uh, New Year's Eve was always a, a holiday that was bound to disappoint, and yet it would never stop mm. me from you know planning some type of. Uh, night out with 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 friends do you have anything planned for tonight listen i've given up on new year's eve because mm. it is a pointless holiday whoa like, yeah well here's the thing there's always like a lot of expectation and it never lives up to that so yeah. i was telling mark before the show that i think i'm legitimately going to like star wars binge tonight with maybe some chinese takeout mm. that sounds fun right i know see dan was saying it would would not live up to expectations you know what I found out a little later in the 20s? The key was go to a concert. Concerts aren't going to disappoint you. They, you know, it's basically just a concert, but they, then they play a song at midnight. Everyone's happy. Yeah, but Once I went to one, then I just said concerts every year. Just find a good show to go to. It's not that easy. To, well, you were living in New York. Yeah. Other people around the world and country, it's not that easy. Wes would not like that. some high-octane $50 show. I've, I've just never been disappointed to... by New Year's Eve. I, I've often enjoyed it. I don't have to tell you. We, we've had, <laughs> we've <laughs> both liked New Year's it. Eve is fun. It was like the one holiday I remember as a kid where my mom and dad would kind of party. Oh, no, that's fun. The family aspect. I mean, one No, I mean, 20s. but I grew up to enjoy New Year's the Eve. The dynamic of where you're expecting something, like, supreme to happen and then it doesn't is that does occur. Or, like, crowded parties and hmm. but pain to get into bars. Oh, that I like cool. a crowded party. It's the only place I like crowds. So what are you doing tonight, Wes? <laughs> I'm staying home. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I'm, baby. I'm pulling a Sydney. I'm going to watch Netflix. 
I don't Netflix know. and chill. There you go. All right, here we go. Let's start talking about some football games, and we'll go straight across the schedule, early to late game, one Sunday night game, no Monday night game. Uh, so let's start. Uh, all division games, by the way. Uh, 32 teams, 16 games, four teams per division, one NFL. <laughs> I save there. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> good, good job, NFL. By you know, people that don't remember, it didn't used to be all division games at week sixteen, seventeen. They do. I mean, it's, it's a, a nice, nice move. move. It was a nice move they did. All right, starting in the NFC South, the New Orleans Saints at six and nine travel to meet the Atlanta Falcons. Who you know, let's give them some credit. At least I'll have to give them some credit. I was having some real fun with the fact that the Falcons had you know cratered after starting five and zero oh and had been a rel- an irrelevant team by mid December. But guess what? They win a couple games in a row. Um, they beat an, a 14-0 and Panthers team, and they at least can say we went into Week 17 um, with dignity. What a gate! What a performance they had last week against Carolina. People kind of focused on, you know, how did Carolina lose this game? I mean, Matt Ryan played his best, best game, game of the year. Of the year, he was perfect against the Blitz. Uh, they just kept picking up third downs. They held the ball the whole time. I mean, they they really did what they want, and their defense made a lot of big plays too. And that play by Julio Jones, the touchdown catch over Luke Keekley and um, a fallen safety for Carolina, uh, when he's inducted in Canton one day, that will be mm. on the reel. That is like mm. all of his skill set, his speed, his strength, his, abil- his uh, athletic ability in terms of jumping, all on display. Even the touchdown celebration was great running through the goal line like an Olympic sprinter. Keekley got Keekley got posterized on a couple. I guess they don't wasn't say. his best game of the year. Yeah, on a couple plays. J- D- Devontae Freeman shook him out of his <laughs> shoes. Devontae Freeman's had a good year. I know he hasn't been quite as dynamic in the second half of the season, but I think he's shown that he can be their feature back going forward. And Dan Quinn called Matt Ryan an absolute warrior this week. He got hit in the ribs early in that game and played through it, and he was wincing all throughout the game. But I, I think – He's established himself as a franchise quarterback. People have been too down on him this year. 23 for 30 with five drops in that game. So that's about as close to perfect as you'll get. But, I mean, maybe he he doesn't deserve all of the criticism he's gotten. But I do remember back in early September, Greg, you know, he's being talked up um, as a guy that could be in the MVP race. And really, he seems, Matt Ryan has seems to have settled into that you know, upper half of the middle tier of the league, maybe maybe 10 to 12 range, and maybe that's just who he is, and that's good enough if you put the team around him, though. Well, I mean, but we also, and I don't think that none of us play quarterback, we don't understand how hard it is to go from a system that became second nature to you for half a decade to suddenly you're in a completely new offense and having to learn it on the fly in some cases. I mean, it's it, a lot of quarterbacks struggle with that. Eli Manning would be pre-Odell Beckham, Looked awful in that Giants offense at times. I remember everybody lining up to take shots at Brett Favre in the early 2000s when the coaching staff changed and they rebuilt and he had no wide receivers and a bad offensive line. And it's like he's still Brett Favre. As soon as you stack the offense around him, he's going to be an MVP Disappointing candidate. No, it is. No it is. He wasn't, he wasn't even. But I just think it's not like a decl- well, he's not declining necessarily no. career-wise. I, I thought far they, from that. They got carried away when they started writing should they draft his replacement this year. That that was too much. Who was writing that? Your boy, D. Orlando Ledbetter. <laughs> My boy. Uh, we are split. Wait, on- he didn't just list the Atlanta Falcons roster? <laughs> We are split on this game. Uh, the old Zeuser and Patra have taken the Saints. Wes, Connor, and Mark uh, have taken the Falcons. And uh, Greg abstained uh, because he abandoned us, uh, something he, a leader should never do. 
you said. Uh, have you learned your lesson, by the way? Now that we're near the end of the season, that this was something that it, it did not speak well of the entire team to have you not involved. We were all obviously hurt. Someone sent a burlap sack that they wanted you to wear when we do the picks. Maybe it's time to come back. Number one, 16. my Sundays were happier without it, so that worked out well. Number two, is this the on-air argument or is this the off-air when you told me actually that it's worked out and it's made the show better? Not <laughs> <a> <laughs> like I can't. I never said to, that. It's hard to keep that. That's a total straight. lie. It's hard to keep it yeah, straight. This is like you're Jordan riding the well, bus. You can't just make up a story like that. You said that. that. You said ultimately it's been good because we're not as focused on picks. That was kind of a distraction on these Thursday shows. Well, no, you too much time. You, t- you added tension to the group because you took it so seriously. That's so maybe true. that's made it a little better because <laughs> I haven't been as stressed <laughs> out myself true. this year. I if, mean, if it's calming you to not do it, all the flack you've gotten, is that countering whatever stress you would have? No, the flack doesn't affect me. This is your little dalliance. This is like Jordan riding the buses in double A. You need to send like a, a two-word memo, I'm back. <laughs> you should come back. We'll talk a little bit more about the uh, picks race later in the show. Moving on. Oh, yes, here we go. Orchard Park, New York, Western New York. Uh, exactly geographically, Mark, is where this game will be played. The New York Jets. Uh Ten and five, winners of five straight in a win and in scenario for their first playoff berth uh, since 2010. Have to do it by beating Rex Ryan, um, of course, the former coach of the Jets, the Bills, who have been a big disappointment this season, seven and eight. Rex, you know, the framing of the week has been terrible for Rex, who is uh, has no swagger. He can't because his team is, uh, you know, irrelevant right now. He's got players that are against him in his locker room, and that's leaked out to the press. Uh, the fact that the Jets are the team he's facing, the team that I bet in the heart, heart of hearts he thought they'd be worse off without him. They're better without him, and they're coming in surging with a chance to celebrate on Rex's home turf mm. here. Nothing to be excited about if you're Rex Ryan, um, and yet. You think about what could happen here. The Steelers need the Jets to lose in, in addition to getting a win to take that last playoff spot. Uh, Wes, I know because the Steelers are your little boyfriends that you're trying to will the Steelers into the playoffs. You're going to be rooting against my favorite team and essentially against my happiness on Sunday. <laughs> uh, but the bottom line, Wes, is the Jets are the better team. They're playing like a team that's not going to choke. So I choose to think they will not choke. You have You've exposed me. We were doing an NFL now hit, and, uh, <laughs> and I predicted the Jets would win, or the Bills would win, and Rex would get his revenge. But you're absolutely correct. This is all about me thinking that I do not want to watch the boring Jets. And I know you think they're exciting. They are. It's it, about me. They have always been boring. The Steelers are more interesting to watch. And I don't have an NFL team. I just want to watch the most interesting football. So I'm pulling for the Bills to knock the Jets out of the play. I'll remember that. What else? Mark. I picked the Jets because the Jets are the better team. And, yeah, you're right. I think Rex Ryan, probably in the middle of the summer when he's jumping out of airplanes and he's the toast of Buffalo and everyone just feels like, oh, he's going to flip the switch for the Bills. In the back of his mind, he thought the greatest part of this is being able to stick it to the New York Jets and showing how valuable I was, the glue that I was, that they haven't been anything without me. And they're a much better team and it has to do with their general manager change right there he was in a bad situation last year but look at the fact that Brandon Marshall is the best free agent signing league-wide and what he's done the combination of him and Decker make the Jets not boring I would say to that point Mark you bring up the wide receiver tandem I will hold up in my hands 
the 2015 season, comma, Wes, week 17 research notes. Toad the wet sprocket? Yes. Both <laughs> Eric Decker, Mark, and I uh, embarrassingly saw a County Crows concert in the last three years or so where they opened. In the oh, singer I wiped that from my mind. Could not, <laughs> could not hit the notes. It was sad. Here we go. Both Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall have caught TD passes in the same game eight times this season. That is a new NFL record. And to put this into context, the previous record was seven such games held by Chris Carter and Randy Moss of what year? 1998. 1998 Vikings. That's a boring team. They got a wide receiver tandem that's putting up numbers that beats Moss and Chris Carter. Chris Wessling, Chris Carter, and Randy Moss. Let me piggyback off that stat. Since 2012, Brandon Marshall has the most receiving touchdowns in the NFL, tied with Des Bryant. Number three is Eric Decker. Mm. Brandon Marshall is the MVP of this team. I don't even think there's a question, which is why – it was ridiculous when Manish Mehta of the New York Daily News said Ryan Fitzpatrick should be the number three guy in the MVP race <laughs> ahead of Tom Brady. Give me a break. Are you kidding me? I mean, he's he has been great, and Chan Gailey's been great, and it all works together. But Marshall, to me, is the key. And you mentioned uh, the Brandon Marshall acquisition. I mean, he traded for him at a time it cost nothing to trade for Brandon Marshall. Think of what else McCagnan's done. Uh, Leonard Williams has been a really good draft pick. Uh, he's, I think, lived up to X. Darrell Revis. Darrell Revis. Marcus Gilchrist. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Even even the depth at, at wide receiver with guys, that, you know, Nunwa and Tompkins, not like they're great They made players, some plays they, in, the, in the big win last week. They've done a good job fitting role players into spots. Uh, their offensive linemen that they got from uh, Seattle, James Carpenter. Every, everything good. has just worked really well, and I think McCagnan has done as good a he's job. The, he's as like any the anti-Jip Kelly. Yeah. Executive of the year rankings. You'd have to put Steve Keim of the Cardinals in there, Dave Gettleman of the Panthers, and I think you have to give Belichick and Nick Cesario yeah. some love too, and yeah. uh, Scott McLuhan with the Redskins. McCagnan. A lot of, a lot of, McCag- a lot of those, are, those are your top five games. And that's why as much as I, I have to admit I would like the Bills to win this game uh, because – of a few reasons. One, the Steelers are more fun to watch. Two, I don't want to see the Jets as a Patriots fan going, go. going into that New England in the divisional round. That's there's that's a no-win scenario. Even if they beat the Jets, it's just like, okay, that's what they're supposed to do. But I think the Jets match up really well with the Patriots, and if they could win in the first round, they would go to New England if New England's the one seed. And that would that would obviously be a tough loss if, if the Jets could go do that again. And then the third reason is I just don't I don't believe in the Bills though. I don't I have no belief that the Bills can win this game. This is not the team that you, that they used to be. They're so injured. Darby's hurt. I mean Darby's gone. Gilmore's gone. Darby's hurt rather. Darius is hurt. Even this week they have more injuries than they've had. McCoy, Mario Williams is Their not healthy. Entire wide receiver core except for Sammy Watkins and seven eleven. Try to watch that. Sammy Bill. Watkins will get hurt at the end of the second quarter, so you got <laughs> to that. Try to watch well, that Bills Cowboys game. Be deeper though. They had rushed for 240 yards last week. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they were fantastic running the ball. I know uh, Todd Bowles is not going to win Coach of the Year, but if you factored in again that a starting quarterback got his jaw broken uh, two week or three weeks before the season started, and the fact that they went four and twelve last year, and now they have a chance to go eleven and five. He should be in the top three at the very least. I'm sure Rivera will get it or uh, Arians. Well, no one is Jets exposing are... Rex Ryan more than Todd Bowles right now. And yes, we can. Oh, say, I, dis- I disagree. With I that. I don't disagree because with it at all because Rex you... Ryan has gone wait, to wait, Buffalo wait, wait, with down, a t- slow, down, slow down, Mark. Rex Ryan 
did not have the roster that Todd Bowles has. He has he has a lot of talent in Buffalo. We talked for the two seasons running about the Bills being a playoff ready team in terms of their talent, and he has reversed course on defense. Mike Pettin and Jim Schwartz got that defense to rush the passer to a franchise record in sacks that's two years team. ago. What are you really talking about? Well, different. we don't know what Jet, what Rex would have done it's with the Jets It's the same Jets Bills roster. front seven. I'm talking about the Jets. I'm talking about the fact that he goes to Buffalo and he's completely right. imploded, and, and that, that roster is not playing up to their ability on any he, level on defense, which is his specialty. We'd have to see what Bowles did in Buffalo, though. I mean, it's apples and oranges to me. Bills, the Bills players are not maximizing their strengths because Rex Ryan's system is more important to him than putting his players in the best situation. They seem confused. I mean, they talk about they're confused. They're thinking too much. It's not simple enough. I think Kyle Williams was a massive loss for them. They held Kellen Moore to six points. (laughs) We have (laughs) – Connor and West took the Bills. That's crazy. I might change. I I don't know yet. I've got first place on the line. I'd love to see the Bills win, uh, uh, to be honest, but I I think the Jets are going to wax them. Rex and Whaley both back in 2016, by the way. It's a lot of rope for Doug Whaley. Moving on. The Detroit Lions and Chicago Bears uh, square off. uh, Two six and nine teams. The loser, a lot at stake here. The loser finishes in last place. Every game, when it's time to move on, if we're going too long, Dan makes a little circle with his finger. Let's wrap <laughs> it up. I'm, I'm already putting a circle for this. Don't need to right see now. more of this? Yeah, so I don't know if anybody has a, has a point they want to make about either of these two teams. We know Matthew Stafford has played better in the second half, quieting any rumors that the Lions might go in a different direction at quarterback. Uh, what's Jay Cutler's future? A lot of questions in Chicago and a lot of work to do, but these two teams playing out the string Jay Cutler's money is guaranteed $10 million next year. I, I do wonder, you know, they were they wanted to trade him last year. He's coming off a, a season where his value is going to be pretty high, whether they would consider trading I think whether they'd consider trading him this year and whether anyone would take that. Maybe they would. It's much better situation than last year. I mean, I, te- there's a couple of teams that need a quarterback, but there's also quarterbacks in the draft. That money's guaranteed, more than but last you year. could trade that contract and people just – Take on that money, and who knows? Nobody, nobody's trading for Jay Cutler. Mark, you have a hero pick on the Bears. Do you have any anything to add about why you chose them in this game? They are at home. They took about four seconds on that pick, <laughs> and I could change it. They're favored. Very well. Um, they are? The Lions are a better team. I like a point. Yeah, Lions have been better in the second half. If Lions have been a good team in the second half. Let's move on to the AFC North, where the Baltimore Ravens, uh, another team playing out the string at 5-10. and ten. Injury riddle, disappointing season for John Harbaugh and company, but they are playing hard and frisky. Head to Cincinnati to face the Bengals, who have uh, now dropped. Have they dropped three in a row? Well, no. they were 8-0, and now they're, they're one not. One in a row. That's it. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. I was looking at the wrong uh, team there. They're 11-4. and four. Um, They uh, lost two or three. Yes, yeah, they, they lost two three. Three and four Thank in their last seven games. So they've obviously cooled off, and they have A.J. McCarron. The good news for the Bengals is McCarron injured that wrist on the last play of Monday Night Football. Uh, he says he's good to go. So they'll have um, they'll have their second-string quarterback with Dalton still out. However, um, Wes, the Ravens playing teams tough. We saw them knock off the Steelers. Uh, the Bengals are probably going to be in for a battle here, um, probably not something they were expecting, but that's probably what's going to happen, right? Yeah, we mentioned this early in the week. It's to John Harbaugh's credit that they have the most injury-ravaged roster in the league, and they play really hard every week. But 
the Steelers don't have a good defense, and the Bengals do. I, I can't imagine Ryan Mallett tearing apart a Bengals defense with Geno Atkins and Vontez Perfect on it. Tyler Eifert practiced fully Wednesday. Uh, looks like he's going to return. There was a concern with Aloka, their safety. Looks like he's going to play. Dunlap, who dominated last week, and he should be in the Pro Set Bowl. Set the Bengals single-season sack record. What a season he's had. It looks like they're getting healthier at the, at the right time. And I, I don't know. I don't think this will be a dogfight. I think the way McCarron's played, I think the Ravens had their nice uh, effort. Maybe they'll stick around for a half, but I think the Bengals wiped the floor. Let me ask you a question, uh, Greg. You are the czar of playoff scenarios and tiebreakers. Uh permutations, combinations, uh, what is at stake for the Cincinnati Ball Club? Well, they can still <laughs> they can still get that bye. They cannot get the number one seed, but they're playing early, as you mentioned. They get a win early, and then they go sit back home, watch Broncos, Chargers, and hope for an upset by San Diego. If San Diego wins that game and the Bengals win their game, then the Bengals get a nice bye, and Andy Dalton can rest up. There you go. Carlos Dunlap said he would trade six of his <coughs> franchise single-season record sacks for a buy. Mm. Oh, not that was nice. Not an option. It's not an option, yeah. but it's you know team player. And uh, Steve Smith, in a kind of ridiculous Instagram post, uh, did share some very good news that he. Uh, well, people that like exciting old players, Steve Smith <laughs> will return. <laughs> In 2016. What's with all his shots? It's, what was wrong with the Instagram? It was a little tacky. It was kind of cheesy, I thought. It's huh. fine. It was kind of like. He's also younger than I anyone in this room. Cheesy. It's worth saying. Uh, not he's not younger than Not Dan. compared to the trade he's in. He's, yeah, he's going to be 37. Yeah. Speak he's older yeah. than you I and thought, Dan. Uh, no, he's <laughs> three months younger than me. I uh, thought he was a year younger than he was, though. Hmm. Clearly. He's, he's football old. I just, my only concern was I'm happy that Smith is coming back. Nobody wants to see a great career end on an injury like that, that at 37 or whatever with a, uh, you know, surgically repaired Achilles, it comes back and it's kind of a depressing final. Mm, That's fueling Steve Smith right now. And he's waiting outside for you. (laughs) (laughs) I hope not. I feel like he would do some damage. Uh, Connor Orr with the hero pick. He takes the Ravens. Connor, Connor, who has picked, (laughs) Uh, he's picked 56% of his games correct this season, just win-loss. You've got to be higher than that. Well, he's not He's not doing this the safest method. He hasn't since the beginning of the season. Are you saying he's not trying? No, I think he's just tr- He's being Connor. He's being controversial and entertaining. <laughs> he's a charismatic guy. There you go. He's um, Yeah, so here we go. We move on now to the other AFC North battle. Also, 1 p.m. kickoff, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who really, you know, God, if they um, don't make the playoffs, they have no one to blame but themselves. They let a inj- they let Ryan Mallett potentially end their season in Week 16. Their only chance now to make the playoffs, they got to take care of business against the Cleveland Browns, which you figure they should be able to, and then hope that the Jets do get upset by the Bills um, to make matters easier in terms of the things that they can control. Johnny Manziel on Thursday was officially ruled out of Week 17. He suffered a concussion. Uh, against the Chiefs, so he is out, which means Austin Davis gets his second start of the season, and uh, Terrell Pryor will most likely be the Browns' backup. I'd love to see Terrell get some snaps, maybe uh, catch the Steelers off guard. So Steelers got to take care of business. Mark, let me just uh, ask you something about uh, Johnny Manziel. Now now we're two years through. It's done. Uh, This season he uh, appeared in ten games. 
six starts, two and four, a passer rating around 70. Um, you know, obviously had ups and downs both on and off the field. Was it time for the Browns to move forward without Johnny in terms of like their draft strategy? Two years. That's a pretty decent audition. Move on. Most of it. Well, six games isn't. I mean, he's not played enough games. He, two years. But isn't that kind of his fault? Like he well, had. Sure, but it's not. I don't think teams. it's a, enough body of work to to, to judge him finally. Right. And I think he's been as much of a headache for the coaching staff as he has been an asset. But I would definitely not give up on him. He's not very expensive. He's more exciting at that position than anyone they've had since they've returned in 1999. I'm saying he's the best quarterback. I think Tim Couch was the better. But I, would, I wouldn't just give him away. People are talking about him giving him away for a fifth-round pick. Right. And it's more like, hey, Cleveland, go. That? Well, no, people have talked about mid-round pick for Johnny Manziel. It's, it's like, well, go, go, Cleveland's job is to go help another team and give them Johnny Manziel and have him succeed somewhere else. No, hang on to him. You have Josh Gordon coming back. Would it stop me from drafting someone? I mean, I believe in the Holmgren thing where even if you've got Brett Favre, you keep drafting quarterbacks, who knows? You might get Aaron Rodgers. You might get someone else. And there's no way can they pin all their hopes on him. But why move on from him? What would be the reason? Well, I guess the reason would be that he hasn't had a lot of snaps in action, and that's on him, though, because it's been two um, losing Browns teams and his inability to, to be plugged in on the team in year one and then his continued off-the-field issues in year two. It's his own fault that they didn't, he didn't have enough uh, you know, uh, tape on the field, and it puts them in a tough position because if you do draft a quarterback high, you kind of got to go all in on that guy. So Manziel maybe just becomes their backup, and that's so then you are kind of. I think that's fine though. Why? That's, why not draft for a team like Cleveland? I couldn't agree more. It's kind of like the Jets. You know, they had Geno. Obviously, they weren't going to count on him. I think you just keep adding quarterbacks and don't worry about their feelings until right. until you know you have one for sure. So maybe Johnny Manziel surprises them next year and ends up playing really well in the offseason and earning that job, but I don't think you count on that. And why not draft a guy in the first or second round and have a couple? What's the worst that's going to happen? Oh, the Browns have too many quarterbacks. When, I mean, that's never going to happen. The, I do think there is an argument, though, to getting rid of him if Mike Pettin stays. If Mike Pettin stays and he just thinks, I've looked at this guy for two years, I don't think he's worth the trouble, and I don't think he's that great at football anyways. I don't really want him. That's on my how team. he would go. We I can think. get a third-round pick for him. Just forget it. Then – I can't really fault them for that. They've watched them in practice every day. My argument is with the way that this team has drafted. Like, I've looked at their third-round picks and their fourth over the last five years, and it's a disaster field. Like, it's not more val- – those players First are not more valuable than Johnny Manziel. Under that model, yeah, like you could look at any of their rounds mostly. Not any of them. But First round. But I'm just saying third or, se- third or fourth round for Johnny Manziel, you're giving up a talented young quarterback who – Maybe he matures and, he's, you know, it, it changes when he's 25 versus 22, and then he's on another team. I, I just think that's another chapter of poor decision-making. Josh Gordon's coming back? I think so. The reports are positive. Well, that's, I guess that's part of the decision, too, is, like, if you think Manziel – and he said – Patton had said it today in his press conference. said he's done enough in the field to say he's the quarterback of the future. It's the off-the-field stuff that gets them thinking that maybe they can't make it work with him. But if you really do believe in Manziel and think he can get straightened out, then use that number one or two pick on, like, um, a stud wide receiver or a great tackle, or there are other directions to go with a number one pick sure. as well. They, that's golden real estate, obviously, to bring in a, a blue-chip athlete. I mean, he's not even close to the most dis- – well, maybe he's close, but the, the most disappointing first-round pick from that draft. <laughs> Justin Gilbert's been a disaster. They need another cornerback because of it. I think Gilbert has a much higher chance of being cut. Good news moved. for the Steelers this week that it's Thad Lewis week in Cleveland. 
That loses yeah. <laughs> not on, on the team. Well, five played, in the past seven years? They played Pittsburgh. They've lost all five. And, uh, and also four times they've had their third or fourth quarterback on the field. Uh, in week 17. In week 17. They've had their f- at least a third string quarterback for four straight years. Last year was Connor, <laughs> Connor Shaw was one of them. Thad Lewis was one of them. Jason uh, Campbell Austin was one of them. Austin Davis was one. So Seneca yeah, that's, Wallace. That's the fourth. We picked the Steelers across the board to finish 10-6. and six. Cleveland 3-13, and 13, which would leave them potentially in position with the number one pick, depending on what happens with the Titans and Colts. Let's move on to uh, the NFC East. The Washington Redskins travel to Big D to face the Cowboys. I believe, yeah, Washington's locked in at the four seed in the NFC playoffs. They're not going anywhere. The Cowboys clearly aren't going anywhere at 4-11. and 11. Um, They're probably better off losing this game for draft pick purposes. Des Bryant, uh, his season is over. He was placed on IR with an, uh, has ankle and foot surgery coming up. And um, I guess the only big thing to talk about this game is Greg's QB index. I feel like this is a good time <laughs> to jump in on that. Where We uh, don't even know if they're going to play their starters in this game. The Cowboys are favored because uh, – The Redskins starters won't last longer than Vegas, the first quarter. The, I would yeah, believe the game sitting. literally means nothing. So let's talk about Wes. Uh, Kirk Cousins, where he is. Uh, we got the Kissing Cousins corner over here. Wes and Sess. Let's talk about Kirk Cousins ranked where, Wes, in the QB index? Well, let me just 15. say, first of all, I'm a little torn on this because I know how hard Greg works on this. I know He does, and he does a great I job I know he's it. watching the film, and he puts the effort in, and um, I know that when you're ranking stuff, people care way too much about the guy ranked 14th versus 15th. So, with that preamble said... I <laughs> It's totally – you just hate Kirk Cousins. That's and it's not true. irrational. And nobody believes that Jameis Winston and Tyrod Taylor had better seasons than Kirk Cousins. That is ridiculous. Why doesn't the first half of the season matter? It, it does the matter. The first half of the season, these are Kirk But Cousins look at the totality numbers. of their season. Okay, the first half of the season – Kirk Cousins had nine touchdowns, eight interceptions, 6.4 yards per attempt. And I would say he played worse than his numbers. In general, that's I, that's how I'm evaluating him, and that's why he's always going to be a little lower. He's not as good as his numbers because he's throwing short passes. The offense is doing a lot of the None of his he's long not, passes ever count to you. No, they, they count. They don't even count. But they never happened. There's less of them. I mean, there's a reason why he has the worst numbers of anyone throwing over 10 yards. The second half of the season, he's been great. But you, you talk numbers or whatever. He has the same numbers as Winston. No, he have, doesn't. They have he the same touchdown interception, the same yards percentage. per attempt. Since week seven, he leads the entire NFL in touchdowns to interception but rate. why does the – I count the first the seven it, weeks It counts, but in totality, same. he's been better than those guys. And it does matter that he was playing without Jordan Reed and Deshaun Jackson for a couple of months. You have to factor that in. Scientists, watch out for the beakers. Can't be knocking but them But that over. shows he can't overcut – that sh- – that, Somewhat proves what I'm saying, that he's part of the team. Not every quarterback is, and he needs all that around him to be successful. That yeah. that he he's not going to overcome Tom anything Brady with great throws. Tom Brady hasn't played nearly as well without his guys either. I mean, this is, happens to all quarterbacks. Do you feel that Jameis Winston, for a, you want to about earlier in the season, had more talent around him in a better run game? He had, yes. He's had, he's had ups and downs, and that's why I don't honestly feel very strongly that Cousins – shouldn't be 12th instead of 15th. That's probably about as high as I'd put it, or even 11th. If if I was talking about this QB index as a whole, there's a massive falloff after Rivers at 8 because Carr is not playing well. But then I'm thinking, who has had a better season, for instance, than Carr at 9 to put him above there? Bortles has been very up and down. Fitzpatrick, you have to ignore a lot, including like entire sure. halves of games to put him above there. Kirk Cousins, you could put him there at 12, you know, ahead of Tyrod and, and uh, Andy Jameis. The, re- the reason why there's a made. huge fall off on your list 
and like Wes said, I love I love your list every week, and I you know I was involved with the layout of it. That's true. So I have a personal stake in it. But the reason there's such a big fall off is because Derek Carr d- shouldn't be anywhere near the top ten. But he, he, I think he's had a better season than any fifteen of those to twenty, guys. I would think. And I think Bortles and Fitzpatrick should be ten and eleven or nine and ten. Uh, I think Carr is a little too high. That's well, the only big issue I had. The only thing is, Greg, you I I know you can't watch every snap every week, but you've watched a ton of tape. Usually, Probably as much as anyone in the building. I usually get to 15 games a week. I, I'll, I'll come up short one on average. Way to go. So well, It's not an easy job, and people will – whatever you do, you're going to get feedback on it, and it's not all going to be positive. It's my favorite article that I read every week wow. of the season. That's well, end around is up there, may, and I mean, heroes and villains. You might be right on Cousins. I mean, maybe <laughs> – Wes covering all his – Well, I, I read all three of those articles religiously every week. And, Wes, you do incredible work as well, both as a writer which, and an analyst. Our final MVP list is up this mm, week. That's a good point. You mentioned Brandon Marshall earlier. He's all, he's in the top ten. Check there you out. go. See, I was pushing him to be in the top ten wide receivers a few months ago. You said, no, Dent, shut up. Shut your I mouth. I said I wanted to make DeAndre either. Hopkins. I love that you put Hopkins fifth, was it? Yeah. That he's What at- about your stat on your oh, tweet? What a we, tweet. Patrick Claiborne and I came up with this. In the newsroom yesterday, that was the genesis of it. We had one of our researchers sitting right there, and we asked him, is DeAndre Hopkins the only player in NFL history to have 100-yard games under four different quarterbacks in the same season because he did it with Brandon Whedon last week, Ryan Mallett, TJ Yates, and Brian Hoyer. Three of those quarterbacks were either cut or on the street at some Mm. point this season. That's incredible. Mm. And the answer is yes, DeAndre Hopkins, the only player ever to do that. Mm. What a season. I mean, that's the definition of valuable. Well, that's a great – you got a lot of uh, pop on Twitter with that one too. Congratulations. Including <laughs> Thank you. DeAndre Hopkins himself. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Yes. He retweeted Nuke, and said no excuses. Nuke bomb or something Nuke bomb. like that? Nuke the bomb. Uh, I had just changed my pick because, yeah, if, if, if Washington's pulling all their starters, maybe Dallas can eke out a home win. I But Kellen Moore, geez. I don't know, mess. though. But What a mess. Colt I McCoy is a great backup. I, I don't know. I don't think that's true. Have, and he I won in Dallas when the win. game mattered last year. You know what else is going on in this game? Darren McFadden only needs three yards to reach 1,000. What a season. Uh-oh. Wait, by the way, that means he's averaging 60 yards a game. That well, he didn't start until late October. I mean, he's he's been good. He's been good. Adrian Peterson's the only running back with more 100-yard games than him this year. That's so you're saying really Jerry good. Jones was right. Well, I don't think that the running backs are why the Cowboys are bad this year. Yeah. I think that's true. That's fair. I think the offense has lost, been a little overrated. Well, they could bring bit. DeMarco Murray back to rush for 3.5 yards per carry. I mean, that's. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, their season ended when Dez broke his foot, and then Tony got hurt, and then Tony got hurt again. Well, but also because not, they made a deal with the devil. Well, that's true. Let's move on. Uh, yeah, so right now, Dan, Connor, and Wes all took the Cowboys. Patra and Mark took the Skins. Uh, 1 p.m. game, AFC South, Jacksonville Jaguars, 5-10 and 10 against the Houston Texans, who, listen, we all know it was a 10-team parlay that the Colts needed to steal the AFC South. The Monday night win by Denver uh, makes it a 9-team parlay, but more than likely, almost uh, impossibly, the odds are in their favor. An 8-7 and seven Houston team right now is going to win the uh, AFC South, and they can uh, finish 9-7 and seven and over 500 and look a little frisky. I think Brian Hoyer is going to be playing, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, f- uh, cleared uh, to rejoin the team so that I'm a little bummed out. I like the, the Brandon Whedon narrative, uh, you know, into January. But uh, Hoyer, this is, you know, I like Hoyer. 
Cleveland Springsteen, so he'll get a chance to play meaningful January football. Um, on Jacksonville's side, maybe Blake Boyles can go nuts and uh, flirt with 40 touchdowns. That's probably not going to happen against Houston's defense. This is kind of an interesting game because the Texans have something to play for. Sort of. Mathematically, but they the Colts really have – what, a one in a million shot? Well, we'll get to them, but they, they're going to be chance. starting Josh Freeman or Ryan Lindley, which start which were signed this week. Mm. We're not sure which. Well, yeah, we'll so get that is that outrageous. Because there's sandwiches. So yeah. you're right. It is a very strange game because, in theory, the Texans might want to keep some people rested. I mean, Clowney got hurt in the middle of a 34 to nothing score last week. Which He's probably, always hurt. Man. Which probably scared them. I mean, it's remarkable. Like they were nine and seven last year, and I give Bill O'Brien credit because this team looked completely lost at one coach. point. But to go through the, all the quarterback changes they had last season and finish with that record, and then f- it's not just DeAndre Hopkins. When you're trying to run an offense and run a team, and you've been through your fourth quarterback, and two of them are people that we just ripped on nonstop in past seasons, and you you get a game out of Brandon Whedon, there's something good going on, and it's one of the few Belichick tree offshoots that's actually producing. He's doing it with smoke and mirrors yeah, on as, offense. As a coach, and that's why I couldn't even kill him for going wildcat crazy against the Patriots, which was, to me, a, a bit of a La Raville Magnifico game for them. La Raville Magnifico. That's about the only game the, the banged up Patriots have looked uh, dominant over the last six weeks. But this team, uh, they somehow have found their way into the playoffs, and O'Brien... On offense, it really is all just Hopkins and Dwayne Brown, and I guess. And trick plays. And trick Four players. quarterbacks. I wouldn't be surprised. No Arian Foster. Right. Yeah. Surprised Multiple running game and go 8-8 eight and eight to go into the playoffs. Not that it really matters. Uh, Wes, you um, went out on a limb here. One one more time getting behind Jacksonville to take care of business. The rest of us took the Texans. It's a tricky game because you don't it know is. what the Texans are going to do. It is. Moving on uh, to the other AFC South game, the uh, Tennessee Titans, who are on my S list, come on, compete! You're you're a, a professional team in the National Football League, the highest level of this game, and you're embarrassing yourselves on a weekly basis. Let's try to end with some dignity. They head to Indianapolis to face the Colts team. Uh, Andrew Luck is out for the season now, so you're not going to see him this week, and uh, and you won't probably see him till September. Um, by the way, uh, here's a New Year's resolution for NFL insiders. Let's take lacerated spleens more seriously going forward. It was like, Andrew Luck, back in two to three weeks if everything checks <laughs> out, cool. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. He lacerated his spleen, bruh. That's a fair point. <laughs> he ain't coming back. So the season's over after seven weeks. The Colts, yes, as we've mentioned, they've signed Josh Freeman, Ryan Lindley, John Beck, and John Wilkes Booth. So they've signed a bunch of quarterbacks, um, and uh, we don't know who's going to play. But whoever will play, they will suck. I will go out on a limb on that. It's wh- it's totally crazy that Freeman or Lindley are going to start a Week 17 game with playoff implications. I know I know they're th- not really. It doesn't feel like they really have playoff implications, but that's a fact. The statement. I just Do we said. remember my favorite? Bad quarterback game of all time is when a team rushed and signed Josh Freeman and then rushed him on the field. Yes, Minnesota. One of the great bad Giants games ever. That was a horrible football. game, almost as bad as the playoff game that Ryan Lindley played last Ooh. year against Ooh. the Panthers, which was the worst <laughs> performance by a quarterback in NFL history. And it instituted a sandwich proposition between Mark and I. Really? I said after that game that Ryan Lindley will never play in an NFL game again. 
Whoa. So this is a long-term sandwich. It could be six, seven years before we have an answer. You might have but an answer Sunday. We could have an answer. They're Mark. having an in-practice competition between the two. That's I know. I'm a little scared because Mark could be eating a high-octane sandwich. Hasn't Josh Freeman been playing for some, like, Brooklyn inside indoor arena yes. type team or he something? He did, and he really struggled. The numbers were really, really? bad. Yeah, he, <laughs> no. yeah he, he did. Seriously. How is that possible? Maybe it's a different. He had like twenty five touchdowns against and six interceptions as like a twenty two year old in the NFL. He's like playing, you know, behind like guy, baristas at you know, Brooklyn's cop. <laughs> playing against shop. Jared Lorenzen. Also, Ryan That's Lindley sad. is uh, Chudzinski's son in law. What? So, no. <laughs> but, wait, we, no, but you, it's going to come down to who knows, has, shows a better command of the offense. And the knock on Josh Freeman over and yeah. over and over is he just cannot comprehend that. The uh, before we move on. This should be Chuck Pagano's last game. It's amazing to think. I mean, this is a team I think Wes and a lot of people had very high up in their preseason power True. rankings, a guy who had made it further in the playoffs each year he was there. There was a report from ESPN uh, reporter Mike Wells this week that Grigson and Pagano's relationship is absolutely top toxic, worse <laughs> than it's even been played out in the media, and a hundred times worse quote from a source than anything they've put on the field this year. So that's pretty bad, whatever that is. I love when toxic gets in, thrown into the mix. Uh, yet another reason why you can't eat him. You can't and, eat Chuck Pagano. And that the owner <laughs> prefers Grigson. So it's re- you know it's really bad for Well, Pagano. I think that's the interesting question. Someone wrote a column yesterday in the Star, which seemed pretty informed. That was like, are they both getting fired? Is Ryan Grigson safe? And it it seemed to be from the vantage point, Ryan Grigson is not safe, and I have some information on it. You know, people seem to think that. Hmm. Don't be surprised if maybe they both get the boot. Jim uh, Irsay is not happy. Can the next guy running the show get Andrew Luck an offensive line, please? I have some inside information. Uh, that Ryan Grigson is mass-producing uh, wristbands. Hashtag Chuck gone. Ooh, that's not nice. <laughs> Just because he doesn't, he he hates him. I thought you were gonna say Grigson strong. Like keep me around for another year. <laughs> that would be a little. Soft. All righty. I'm not making light of Chuck Pagano's battle against a life-threatening disease. It's it's called you know a little levity in life. Everybody, lighten up. I laughed. Okay. <laughs> the Titans were picked by Mark and Connor. Sorry to hear that, Mark. Well, I figured the Titans are going to finally put a cap on a terrible season by taking themselves out of the running for the number one draft pick in the final <laughs> Sunday of football. Are we sure that Zach Mettenberger is better than Ryan Lindley? Well, no, we're not sure of that at all. I, but I, I, was, I was being facetious there. He is better. The Titans are going to win this game and be the number two draft pick. Talk about bad rankings, your Colts uh, being number two or something before the season. I had Ryan – I had Mettenberger ahead of Derek Carr in my uh, offseason. Like, <laughs> you didn't like Carr this offseason, but you've come <laughs> We around. should have a – That was a disaster. If they, if we're looking for the worst things we've predicted, yeah, that we might be ha- my number – that, that might be my number one. Though. After the season's over, our worst kind of uh, moments – in terms of predictions. <laughs> That's so bad. Uh, moving on, uh, the other AFC East matchup, uh, the New England Patriots, 12-3, and finish up in Miami against the 5-10 and Dolphins, and a lot at stake uh, for uh, the Dolphins uh, because I believe Fergie is bringing some of her um, nephews and nieces to the game, mm, and she would like to show them, you know, ooh, what's it like to be in an owner's box for a big W so a lot of stakes there. And then on the other side, the Patriots trying to get the number one seed in the AFC. They need to win. Mm. Uh, well, they can still get it uh, if um, 
other teams falter. But Patriots take care of business against a uh, bad Dolphins team. Go 13-3, and get that number one seed, and all-important home field advantage throughout the AFC playoffs. A tradition like uh, any, unlike any other. The, a quarter-filled <laughs> Miami stadium in we'll the final week of the season, losing to some division rival. I mean, it seems like this happens every year. It's the most depressing stadium to be in late in the season. And, and thank as a Patriots fan, I'm very thankful uh, this is their opponent because they are taking on water. They are banged up. They are not playing well offensively. But the Dolphins are just such a mess. You can't see it's amazing stepping up. The contrast between these two teams in the media and off the field and during practice, you've got the cornerback's wife in Miami. Nico. Throwing, the court, throwing Ryan Tannehill under the bus, throwing shade at him all week. And then you've got shenanigans on the field in practice between the cornerbacks. All this stuff going on. Jeff Darlington tweeted, I was just in New England. And you can't even imagine that stuff going on there. It's totally different how these two teams are run. He's spent a lot of time with both teams, and he has a long history on the Dolphins, and I can't think of a team. There are a lot of bad teams in the NFL right now that is more on fire and under more chaos that is more certain to clean house. I mean, it may be a wide house cleaning in Miami. I can't believe, because Tannehill, the stock has never been lower on Tannehill right now. It seems like most people uh, that watch these games and and consider themselves experts view Tannehill as a, uh, you know, below average quarterback and it's Mike Tannenbaum who's a friend of the show and we like Mike but he might have done it again he might have made the mistake with Mark Sanchez which shipwrecked him in New York ultimately he made a couple mistakes that ended up getting him fired there but he might have done it again where he gave a below average quarterback a star quarterback contract and it got him run out of town that could happen didn't need to either. I mean, Andrew Luck didn't get signed last offseason. You have the fifth-year option, so you knew you had Tannehill for 2016, too. Why not uh, watch him for another year? I mean, the Sanchez was a makeup deal after they courted Peyton Manning. Which they didn't have to they do didn't, either. They didn't have to yeah. do – well, with, with there contract. was none of that happening with Ryan Tannehill. So it happened, you know, based off of what he saw on tape – and probably looking around the league and saying there aren't a lot of good quarterbacks anyways. Let's get our guy down and show a lot of faith in him. But when it blows up, man, it gets ugly. Hey, Patriots, get some receivers back on the field this week. Uh, I mentioned this on the now hit. 23 of 30 targets last week to Keyshawn Martin, Bolden, or James White. Uh, I do want to say I love how Malcolm Brown is looking. Their first-round pick is really playing well for the Patriots. Hopefully that continues. Patriots are going to try to win this game, correct? Oh, yeah. They need the one seed. this is a big game for them. I'm I'm excited about. Do you think this. They'll I hope play they get all a run. four quarters? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, if they got a 20 point lead, they probably have their eye on the scoreboard uh, for other teams too. Uh, it won't matter because they have to, they're waiting for Denver, who's at four. Uh, so they got to win. Uh, they're playing, and I think they really want to feel good about themselves and have a good performance. They need so to. They need to show some running. They just they need to work on. Things. All right, all right. They you got some problems on offense, Greg, and I know you're nervous, and I hear it in your voice, and a lot of <laughs> a lot of targets to the bum wide receivers. But you still take the ball when you win the coin toss. You still take it. I don't. You know disagreements there. <laughs> you don't leave Tom Brady on the bench to watch Ryan Fitzpatrick celebrate. Moving on. <laughs> NFC East, Philadelphia Eagles against the New York Giants. It means nothing. Uh, Chip Kelly, of course, fired. Uh, we talked about that at the top of Tuesday's show. And uh, that means that – wait, who's their interim coach? Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer. Former Browns coach is the interim coach uh, of the Eagles for the last game of the season. Uh, so no Chip Kelly. The Eagles have a lot of work to do in the offseason. I think everybody can see that. ODB will be back. 
for the Giants. A uh, nice little nugget from ODB who said, yes, I learned uh, from my suspension and, and my behavior uh, against Carolina that uh, bordered on obscene, uh, uh, but I won't change. <laughs> well, I think <laughs> so that, that means he's not going to change his competitive fire. Well, it doesn't mean he's going to start change it a little bit or playing. Yeah, I mean, he said he would change the way he responded. But the best response all week was Jeffrey Lurie. I think that his press conference and the way that he very boldly stood behind every decision he made and his whole strategy to basically get this team back together in this final week. He wants to spend the week listening to the players and no one is going to be happier than this defense. This Eagles defense, which has been a disaster, yes, they have been, but they're, everything's going to change, and they're not going to be on the field 35, 40, 50 minutes a game when, with, with, with this fast-paced offense on the other side. Same All, guy, same guy uh, though, that gave Chip Keller everything he wanted a year ago. It is, but so what? A good, own, no, a good owner, though. no responsibility, just totally throwing Chip Kelly under the bus. Wouldn't even think to say, oh, you know what? I, I might have messed up a little here. Like I, he was. Well, not a lot of owners are going to say that anyways, but he's at least acknowledging that he messed up by yeah. making a switch. That's I mean, fair. you know, some owners just seem lost in the woods, and Laurie is not one of those guys at all in my book. When he was talking about, you know, what he's looking for in the next coach, in emotional intelligence, everything. I mean, I thought he was talking, he was talking about Andy Reid. Basically. Yeah, I thought the same exact thing. Yeah. Like I thought that it was funny because Reed's, you know, dabbing with teammates in the locker room and getting a uh, uh, a decent play to l- team to look like a very good team. Uh, maybe you should just kept the big man and his players. Well, him and Howie Roseman didn't get along, just like Chip Kelly and Howie Roseman didn't get along. But Howie Roseman's the one that's still there. Roseman, they they wave, they threw up smoke signals up to the Pocono Mountains, like Howie, come back to Philly. Not in the shed. You anymore. didn't. Yeah, you're welcome <laughs> in our office again. You didn't actually win the power struggle when the guy that you beat is now doing your job. That's fair. And there is something big at stake in this game, as you wrote about earlier this week, Mark. The loser. Has to go to London next year, isn't that? What do you mean has to? Has to. It sounds wonderful. Gets well, to. gets to. They're the road team. If you made it so that the loser had to host a game, then that's a pretty big. Yes. Uh, that's a pretty big stakes. Uh, in terms of who picked what, I know everyone's excited about Gotta this. Got to be the toughest. Giants game across the board. Uh, mm. The toughest game for me was the the Titans cult. It's like, mm. how could you feel strongly either way about Jaguars Texans? What a nightmare. Uh, tough for picks. Uh, let's move on to the late games now. The Seattle Seahawks, <laughs> nine and six, losers of three games in their building this season. Uh, chance to have a losing record in their division. Uh, travel to Arizona to face the Cardinals. Cardinals do have something to play for here uh, because the loss by the Panthers in Week 16 means that. If the Panthers were to end their season with two straight losses and the Cardinals won this game, the Cardinals would have the one seed on tiebreaker over the Panthers. So, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty big thing to play for. So you'll see the Cardinals will probably give you their best. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks, I don't know. I mean, what are the do the Seahawks have any real reason to go all out in this game? Nope. Uh, they seem to, they're locked into their their spot in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, what are you going to what are you going to I think the Cardinals. Would, here. I think the Cardinals would win this game anyway because they're a much better team than the Seahawks. But I, I don't think the Seahawks are going to play to win. I think they're going to pull their players pretty early in the game. Well, they have so many injuries right now that they're not going to push it with those guys. But there's only so many players. You, you're not going to be able to sit everyone. I mean, Bennett, Luke Wilson, Russell Okung, Cam Chancellor. Uh, there's a number of players that are hurt. 
but you can't really sit everyone. There's only so many so many players. You can that play Tarvarus Jackson. That could be an option. I mean, it's weird because the card. This is going to be a really strange game because if the Cardinals see that the Panthers are up 31 to seven in the middle of the third quarter, then they can start you know adjusting too, and they probably will. I think. I mean, Arian sounds all along this week that he does not want to treat this as a game that doesn't matter, and it does matter, obviously, for the playoffs, but he seems like he wants to make a statement against a team that owned this division for a long time. I totally agree, and he mentioned that the the, the, uh, Cardinals still have something at stake, but philosophically, he believes that you play the games on the schedule, which I totally agree with. You play to win the game. Marshawn Lynch, not coming back this week, but Pete Carroll kind of hinted that they expect him back for the first round of the playoffs. It's too bad this game doesn't mean more. These are actually the top two teams in the NFL, according to Football Outsiders DVOA metrics. Seahawks trying to be the number one team for the fourth straight year if they somehow had a big game. This Dynasty. Week. Well, the only two teams in the league ranked top five in offense and defense, that makes and sense. they look that way every Sunday. Seahawks has part. good special teams, too. Look out for the Seahawks, though. I know they're not as good as they were last year, and the Cardinals are a better team. But if Beast Mode comes back and is healthy, and they have Russell Wilson, who's taken the step as a quarterback, Doug Baldwin's turned into a star wide receiver. Lockett's good. They they could Whoa. improve their seed to number five, but they need help to do that. And there's the argument, does is it really any easier going to Washington than it is going to Minnesota or Green Bay at this point? Connor Orr, because he doesn't care, uh, took the Seahawks. The rest <laughs> of us took the Cardinals. Uh, moving on. ATL. Very nice. Nice job. Sydney, moving on, the San Diego Chargers. They head to Denver to face the Broncos. Um, Greg, I need, uh, you know, uh, your combinations, permutations. Uh, break it down. What does this game, main, uh, game mean for the Broncos? Mm, what a feeling, that sound. <laughs> uh, the Broncos, Broncos have to win this game to get a bye, first of all, to win the AFC West. And when they suit up, they'll know whether the Patriots win or lose. So they might even have a chance at the number one seed. So based on how this game goes, and you got to think Kansas City is going to win their game at home this week against the Raiders. Based on how this game goes, Denver could be anywhere from the one to the five seed. So they still have a lot to play for. Maybe even the... I don't think they can fall to the six. And you have a gut feeling that the Chargers might actually win this game. I don't know why I think that, but yes. First of all, I don't think the Broncos are beating anyone by a lot right now. I think their style of play is keeping games close. Phillip Rivers is playing well. The San Diego defense has played very well over the last month. So I just think they'll keep the score low, and I, I think the Chargers are going to pull off an upset. I mean, if they don't, 17 excitement. if they don't, they go winless in the AFC West for the first time in 21 years, and it's a coaching staff that's fighting for their job right now. You know what, though? Your bold prediction, Greg, even if you nailed it, it exists in a vacuum because you bailed. Ooh, that's a shame. From the picks? Yeah. Well, it exists on NFL Now, which what? theoretically could be a vacuum. Do you make picks on the other podcasts that you operate in? <laughs> Uh, we do. It's sort of part of a bit where he makes jokes, joking picks. But yeah, I don't really. Sounds good. <laughs> Rosenthal and Justin like Vanity Project. <laughs> Sounds Subscribe. Fun. Uh, we all took the Broncos uh, to finish twelve and four and um, put themselves in good position heading into January. Moving on, gentlemen, to the. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who uh, you know stumbling to the close here now six and nine, 
uh, not too long ago. We were talking about them as a sneaky uh, wild card team. That's not going to happen. They now get the Panthers. I don't know. Are they an angry Panthers team? Maybe. They're probably um, angry at themselves uh, after uh, getting beat by the Falcons in Week 16, costing them a chance at the uh, undefeated season. So the Panthers are 14-1, and and as I said earlier, uh, they have a lot to play for in this game because of the loss and the Cardinals keep winning. The Panthers need to win this game to ensure uh, they are the number one seed in the uh, playoffs in the NFC. Uh, So here we go. The Panthers, this to me, Looks like one of the blowouts of the week. Who says I'm wrong? I don't. I think, I, they, I think they're going to go in there they like spank a house them, on right? fire. I mean, yeah, I think Carolina, that served as a wake-up call and a refocusing, and, and they're talking about this week that Josh Norman lost his swagger against the Falcons. He wasn't playing with confidence, but I think that it's an, it's an adjustment, and they've made that adjustment. They remind me of the Cardinals in the way that they'll approach this game, and you want to go into the playoffs with two straight losses after starting 14-0? and and this Bucks defense is not good. They have not been playing well late in the season, and you just think they're going to be able to run all over them early. What's Gerald, up with Gerald John? McCoy? The sneaky worst season for a, you know, quote unquote superstar player. Well, if you're an interior lineman and you got a torn rotator cuff, yeah, whatever he's dealing with that's pretty well, rough. I had a torn rotator cuff. It's extremely painful. Now imagine like 340-pound bruisers. <laughs> I couldn't lift my arm over my head without you. anybody yanking. What about uh, Cam Newton coming at you 200 miles an hour with your torn rotator cuff, Wes? I totally understand <laughs> him having a subpar. Greg, zero empathy for a man with a, a major shoulder. I wasn't really thinking it through, <laughs> but he hasn't had a good season. You're right. <laughs> uh, we all took the Panthers, as you might expect, to finish 15-1. and one. Moving on. The Oakland Raiders and Kansas City Chiefs squaring off in a game that only uh, can determine some seeding in the AFC playoff picture. The Chiefs, if they win this game, uh, I believe finish. Oh, I'm wrong, right? They can win the AFC West. They can win the AFC West because the Denver Broncos are 11-4 after uh, after Monday's game. And if the Broncos lose and the Chiefs win, they both finish 11 and 5 and the Chiefs will win the division on tiebreak. And that's why I think I'm picking the Chargers and at least believing it's going to be close. It's a little bit like Wes's wish fulfillment with the Steelers. When you look at that late slate in week 17, you want to have some juice and I don't know where else we're going to get it other than you know, it's about 6:45 p.m. on the East Coast. The Chiefs are winning their game and the Broncos are close, or maybe both of those games are up for grabs, and you're not so sure who's going to win the AFC West. There's something that, that gets the average fan excited. So that's, that's usually what when Greg, who sits in a separate part of the office than the three of us, <laughs> comes running over and, and, and stands by one of our TVs to share in the joy of the moment. That's right. Well, that'd be fun. Add some juice to this week. One update for Wes, because I was unable to answer a question I should have <laughs> on the last podcast, and I heard about it from a shadowy league individual and uh, Tamba Ali was inactive last week, you know. But sometimes Sundays a little bit have a little bit of a Vietnam feel where I can't, I'm not monitoring every single snap by every player. And little housekeeping for Mark. Little housekeeping. Yeah. I thought you, were, I thought you were going to mention your bold prediction for this week. Ah, uh, no, I did not. What is that? Tell the listeners. About it's going to be online on Friday. You might as well give them a sneak peek. Well, it had to do with. I mean, not to chart back, but I said that Tennessee would lose that number one draft pick, and if they don't. Chris Wessling is tasked with, in the offseason, once the playoffs are over because you're busy, creating a 15-foot by 15-foot quilt, many colored patches, swatches (laughs) of cloth, 
celebrating the Heaven's Gate event from 1997. Are we really celebrating that event? Well, not celebrating it. Like, looking in, back in, on in it. In memoriam. Looking back on it, and it will be least. hanged at. We've talked to someone inside the league. It's, you know, a couple more layers to go through. But so far, it sounds like once you're finished with that, it would be hung up at on the scene at the 2016 NFL Draft. Seems odd that you got the green light to hang that up. He said that there were a couple more. More layers. He probably has to talk to some conscious people in the league office. Somebody that knows how to do a Wikipedia search. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but still, you know. well, I just I'm impressed that Wes would know how to make a quilt. Well, yeah. that's you'll be learning that, I think. Before we get out of the CFC West, I know we got to move <laughs> along. But I, I do realize we passed the Broncos game without even acknowledging that one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history has been benched for Brock Osweiler. That as ugly as this season has been, could you have ever imagined that Peyton Manning would lead the league in interceptions despite only starting nine games, and then get benched by the end of the season. It's one thing that he's out with an injury, but now he's been benched. I know someone who imagined it. Mark Sessler. That's right. I win some sandwiches off it, I believe. That's great. Well, I I was calling for his retirement last winter, so I had to double down. It's a crazy moment that now he's fully healthy, he's fully practicing, he's on the field, but he's just just the backup. It's the first time since he played for the Tennessee Volunteers that he wasn't starting a game in which he was active. Like in another world, if it were Tom Brady instead of Manning, we would be freaking out. I mean, it would completely change that division. You know what it is, too, though? I think because Manning is every bit to me is like – you know, iconic as Brady, but this has been kind of happening for such a long period over the season from him starting slowly right. and regressing into being a bad quarterback to getting hurt and then him being hurt for a long time. So it's it, it's not as like sudden when it's like, oh, he's benched and now this guy. Yeah, right. true. But let me just ask, I'll just play devil's advocate here. Brock Osweiler throws four picks and Chargers upset the Broncos in week 17. Who's starting in wildcard weekend? I just don't see Manning, Manning as an. I, I don't see him as an upgrade. I, maybe Kubiak left you know. himself a lot of. I mean, you just said it. four picks, which is a pretty uh, bad game. I I just <laughs> can't shake the feeling that we're going to see him, even if it's like a Super Bowl three. Earl Murrow starts, and then Johnny Unitas tries mm. to save the yeah, day. Yeah, you might be right. Look I, at Dan I, with the history. I don't know my Super Bowl three history. I uh, don't think we'll see him. I think it will take a game like that from Osweiler. Now, if you're telling me he has three picks and they score seven points or something, then then I think you could see it. I think Kubiak left himself a lot of wiggle room when he talked about that. Yeah, I agree. That also has to do, though, I think, with saving some dignity for Manning, too. He's had to dance mm-hmm. around this whole situation, but you're right. He can Good go point. right back in there and start Manning. A face too. plant changes a lot of things. Let's uh, Before we move out of this game, I just want to say that uh, West took the Raiders. Uh, oh, no. In real time. I picked the Chiefs while we were having this discussion. Mm, well, I do want to talk about – I mean, you're bailing on your hero pick there. That maybe is a crisis of confidence. We go into week 17 in the picks. Um, this is where it would be good for Greg to have the burlap sack. But um, 154 and 86 is your record, Wes. Uh, Kevin Patra also won 154 and 86. Tied for first place with 16 weeks to go. 16 games to go. 16 games to go, excuse me. Anybody's ball game, and on the phone right now, <laughs> calling in from his Chicago uh, high rise, which overlooks a uh, a, a dreary neighborhood where all his workout equipment is in the window, where I think he lifts nude. It is Kevin <laughs> Patrick coming at you, tied for first, and he's confident that he's going to take this title. He picked up two games on Wes. In week 16, and now he's going to steal it in week 17. Ain't that right, Kevin Patra? 
There's no doubt. Uh, Wes, how many picks of your crappy picks are you going to change now? Now you Whoa! Only got one. Hey, Kevin Patrick's Sauce been working out. He's throwing up again. You're going to bail on the Jags and, and, bail, and Rex Ryan in the, in the last minute, too. You're going to bail on those ones, too, just so you can make sure you don't get swept out out of the, out of the building. I Woo! would say Patrick's probably going to win because he clearly cares so much more about this Ooh, than I do. Ooh, Wes pulling the I don't care as much card. Don't buy it. Well, uh, also, in, in Patrick's defense, he led for most of the season. He did. This is uh, no one has been tracking this really, other than uh, the five of us. But I will say, uh, and I, I, I'm not counting Connor. Um, Patrick jumped out to a huge lead. Was one of the nation's top pundits, in fact, through about week ten. Then he kind of regressed a little bit to the mean. Um, West caught Patrick after falling behind, probably about ten games early. And surged past Patrick, but then Kevin, as I said, heroically picked up two games in Week 16, which is not easy to do. So here they are; they're tied uh, with a chance for a photo finish. And I don't buy it. I think Wes really wants this bad. I know Patrick wants it. It's a it, it would be a big victory for the remote uh, section of the Around the NFL group. Uh, me and uh, me and Connor will be doing a Skype drinking session if that happens. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Please, oh Connor God. shouldn't be involved in any any celebration where he's twenty games behind two of you guys. Yeah. Yeah, but we'll, it'll be a first and a last celebration. The yin and the yang. That's both reasons to drink. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So you are, um, Kevin. You're you're confident you're going to complete this comeback in the Absolutely. last two weeks. Absolutely. I don't even know if I consider a comeback. I consider myself like the San Antonio Spurs. I, I usually play really well in the beginning of the season, rest some of my starters, get Ooh. ready for the playoffs, and then I'm, I'm ready to go, and I, I dominate at the end. So not only, that's, all, that's how I see it. Not only did I like that analogy, the fact that that's Wes's favorite team hurts him even more. Very well done. Wes. Well, yeah, I don't like the comparison to the Spurs for Patrick, but I think he's, <laughs> I think he's going to win. It boils what? down to I, like I, it's a dirty little secret that I don't really care about. Oh, uh, you know what? This there's, is distasteful. There's nothing ones. about caring that affects the like results of the Greg, games, anyways. Doesn't matter how much it cares. Greg lives care. and dies for game picks, and like it really eats him up when things. I don't really care. Like to me, any anything can happen in one week, so it's never that big. Of, of course, deal. of course. But you care enough where you're switching picks in the middle of the pocket. Well, I mean, you know, I'm competing. I love to compete. I don't. I hate to lose. Why are you trying to take the air out of this ha- bit? You just said he hates <laughs> to lose. A lot of conflicting uh, messages. I, I'm a little conflicted because it's about I me. I don't really care that much about game picking, but you're keeping score, so I'm going to try to win. That has nothing to do with who's going to win or lose. That you also I don't think the level of your caring helps or hurts with Dan. Yeah, but I mean, it comes down to we believe more in a naked weightlifter or Wes. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go with the naked weightlifter. Wes, it's I'm, it's here's, tantalizing. Here's how much Here's how, here's how much I'm willing to set a proposal on the table that Ooh. I'm so confident that if the, the loser picks up the person's bar tab the next time we go out. Ooh. Yes. All right, now I care. Patra, how, <laughs> how much money do you have, Patra? He just, I got enough. Watch out, Patra. He just changed his Bills pick and his Jags pick and anything else probably Wes, because uh, of that. Patra, you know that Wes is a thirsty so I man. Can, I can prove. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. Uh, I love it. All right, that sounds – all right, and you agree to that, Wes? Yes, I definitely agree to that. So there you go. So now uh, – and how many games do we differ? And that's not just any bar tab. It's not like a Sydney and uh, me bar tab. This is Wes and Patrick. <laughs> they, can, they can put it down. 
you know? We'll, we'll be good. <laughs> I'll take a I'll By the way, a Sydney, we'll, we'll right. a Sydney and Greg Bartab is like two Shirley Temples, <laughs> one vodka soda, and a Diet Coke. I almost threw you in with me because if it was going to be someone else out of this particular room, it would be Yeah, uh, I don't but, drink at but, all. Uh, $19.08. <laughs> Sydney I'll made more sense. I like that narrative. That's good. Sydney made had, more sense. They had now a teetotaler. Well, um, compared to the cousin's corner. <laughs> wow, Dan came out well in that comparison. Listen, I'm not even going to say anything. Uh, my wife might say otherwise, but here we go. Uh, there you go, Patrick. Kevin Patrick coming at you. Uh, keep lifting. Keep that body tight. Keep it right. And uh, I'm not rooting for either or. I want just a safe, fair competition, and uh, I want to be at the bar when these drinks are being ingested. Mm. All right, we'll Patrick. Do. Happy New Happy Year, Patrick. Follow. Happy New Year, buddy. You as well. See you, buddy. All right, let's move on. I like that. We'll get the stakes higher. A little heat. Yeah. Uh, here we go. The St. Louis Rams. <laughs> At the San Francisco 49ers. Feels anticlimactic. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Don't care. Uh, we, know the, we know the 49ers are terrible, and we know that the Rams aren't going to win because they need to go 7-9. and nine. So it looks like a Niners victory, right? Yeah, I don't know what else you could possibly say. So let's not say anything else. To Sunday night football, <laughs> here we go. The Minnesota Vikings traveling to Lambeau Field to face the Green Bay Packers. Two teams that are 10-5. and five. The winner of this game is the NFC North champion. The loser is uh, in the wild card, either the fifth or sixth seed. And they will know that by the time of kickoff. So here we go. The Packers, who have looked as bad as can be in a, a bunch of weeks in the second half of the season, uh, but at home playing a Vikings team that they handled uh, quite easily in Minnesota a few weeks ago. Dan's struggling right I'm now. I'm dying. We what do to, you guys we think? We need to pick it up for him. There's, Here's something that's in your little research packet. Yeah. Since, it's not little. It's thick, and it's <laughs> awesome. Since week four, Aaron Rodgers has been sacked more than any quarterback in the NFL. Mm. Wow. I, I got to take the Vikings in this game if I was allowed to pick because no, – You were always... allowed to pick, <laughs> but you opted maybe out. I'll, maybe I'll come back for the playoffs. I don't care about the playoffs. We can do that. But we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Uh, what? the Vikings are playing much better right now, and I think you gotta trust you gotta trust the tape and forget about who, who the Packers have been and look at what they've actually been the last twelve weeks. And Teddy Bridgewater is playing exactly like he finished last season, which got everyone excited that he was gonna be the best player in that class. He's had three really strong games in a row where he's playing smart. They're getting the ball out of his hand better. Their defense is healthier. I think this game means more to them because they haven't been in a game like this, and they're playing good team ball. They're not a great team, but they're like the 10th best team in the league, and I think they're going to go in and win this game. Yeah, and they got waxed by Green Bay last time. I think Minnesota's secondary, the matchup of where they're playing right now, Harrison Smith and that group is playing very well against Green Bay's confused passing game. I don't like the matchup for Green Bay, but it is in Lambeau Field, and it's, it's what, Sunday night? You can see them as we're sitting up here doing the podcast up 38-7, to seven, but I still am stuck. I can't. I'm still can't stuck it. sometimes with the Packers thinking they're just going to do that, but you got to let can't, it go. They're not I, that team. I, I brought it up a couple times in the last few podcasts, but because the game sticks with me and I still can't believe it, that they got beat on Brett Favre night on Thanksgiving night at home. Yeah. That team can be beat any week if they can't find a way to win, win that week. They are just not a very good team this season. The Vikings are a better team. Give me the good Packers performance since week four. The one one you can come up with is against Minnesota, in Minnesota. But even in that game, 
They got outgained by Minnesota. It didn't look like a crazy thing. They played well in that game. Nothing to take away from it. But it wasn't a dominant performance. But week after week, they're not impressive. I mean, to just get waxed by that, by the Cardinals, the week before was concerning to me against Oakland. I don't know. I mean, I mean just they're not competitive. I know it's the Cardinals, <laughs> but they're not even competitive, West. This is supposed to be a playoff team. Viking subreddit just wheeled in a huge Mao Zedong-sized statue of Greg Rosenthal. Oh, wow. Wow. Like I was their tall. biggest enemy early on. This uh, I think I Wes maybe has that cornered, that market cornered. By the way, and I just want not to double back to the QB index, but we will talk about this about the Packers. From the 2015 season, week 17 research notes. We'll dig in one last time. But I won't <laughs> you have this album, don't you, Greg? Yeah, that's that right. This is my embarrassing album. <laughs> um, the QB index is, I believe, based on the 2015 season. But I think with alone, Aaron, I think with Aaron Rodgers, his incredible history has leaked into your QB index. And I'll tell you something from the stat guide here, research guide. Over the prior seven seasons in the NFL, Rodgers led the league in yards per attempt and passer rating. This season, he is 31st in yards per attempt. And 13th in passer rating. Now, the passer rating, yeah, you don't get excited about that. But yards per attempt is a stat I know the Around the NFL podcast loves. He is 31st in football. You have him as the sixth-ranked quarterback in the entire league. He just is not that quarterback this year. Maybe he just doesn't have the weapons and there are other things going on. But Aaron Rodgers is not Aaron Rodgers. 30 touchdowns, seven interceptions, which is a lot better than uh, these guys you're talking up having career seasons like, and the best, like Cousins. And the best first quarter of a season it's I've ever seen. Touchdowns. Great first quarter of the season, which helps him. And you watch the games, and yes, maybe you're making excuses for him, but it still feels like he's managing what's a really bad situation. And he's not playing well either. I'm not trying to defend him. He's but. been part of the problem in the second half of the season, definitely. But he did. I, I really think his first quarter of the season was the was the best I've ever seen. Mm. I like this, but I'm looking at we were just having Patcher on Sunday Night Football. He has the Vikings in a hero pick. It could come down mm. to that game. Ooh, I like it. I think Patcher's going to pick it off with that one. Woo! The drama, the stakes, as high as possible. That's the. I mean, that's his corner. It, he's the NFC North guru. Every week he's assigned one of those NFC North games. So he's got a good feel of that division. That would not shock me if the Vikings win if that If he game. loses on his be corner. Be the first time the Vikings beat a good team all year. If you're up by one going into that game, do you just side up with the Vikings? And uh, I don't play that. You're not allowed to do that. I don't play that game. <laughs> you can't well, do that in the middle. At K. Patra, by the way, if you want to follow him on Twitter. <laughs> I think you can do anything you want. No, and This is the type of thing that got me out of the game. I might People make some changes me, mad, Sunday morning. Mad someone's changing their picks. Oh, please. I might make changes Sunday morning based on which teams are trying to win or benching starters. Sure. But once the game starts, I'm not going to make Greg, it. Greg, you fostered a, I'm going to say it, toxic culture. Oh, that is with ridiculous. The <laughs> I wanted so to you have. You were responsible for anything that was happening at that stage. I was uh, responsible for getting texts from you guys on yep. like Christmas Eve, uh, annoyed with each other about uh, picks and whatnot. You you created that. I can guarantee you I didn't text about the picks. <laughs> <laughs> you created that culture. All right, now, that's why I need to step back. I created something terrible. Just like remember a beautiful work environment where we're all you friends know what other and we love football. Created? I created something bad. I needed to take myself out of it. Yes, Wes. <laughs> he also created a culture where we don't say bless you when we sneeze. Exactly. That's such a lie. <laughs> yes. And ever since Greg moved to his little party zone in the middle of the newsroom, and we've had our little area together. Uh, you Mark, make it Chris sound like I, it was my choice. Bless you's galore. A lot of blessings. <laughs> blessings all around. 
It wasn't Greg's choice. We're picking on him a little bit. I, I'm all for bless you. I actually got picked on for saying bless you. There's an anti-bless you person in there, the middle, but that's we're really getting off topic. Here. Yeah. All right. Mm. So anyway, yes, we all took the Packers with the exception of Patrick. I love that. That's going to be drama galore potentially. And that is the Week 17 preview. We will be back uh, on the other side. Next time we talk to our audience, it will be 2016. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I guess. Uh, do we have some uh, – what is that song? I always get the title wrong. Uh, Odd Lang Syne. Odd Lang Syne. Odd Lang Syne. Odd Lang Syne. Yeah, you want to go out with that? Isn't that a no, I just wanna, want to bring that up for a second here. Yes. New Year's Eve, so just a happy new year. I think we all can speak on behalf of the group. To all the listeners and viewers of the Around the NFL podcast, See you on the other side of what has been a very happy year for the Around the NFL podcast. And uh, we hope to bring more magic, right, Greg? In 2016. 2016. We got big things going on, even in January. We Fitz can tell magic. our listeners about after the new year. A little Fitz magic. Not if Wes has anything <laughs> to do with it, though. Um, so, yes, happy new year to everybody. And uh, check us out on Sunday. You can check us out always, of course, on uh, iTunes, on Stitcher, on NFL.com, on YouTube. NFL Now, that's it. This is Dan Hansis signing off for Quiet Storm. <laughs> that was jarring. <laughs> Happy New Year to you too, Sydney. Quiet Storm, the mailman, the boss, and La Cid behind the glass. Happy New Year. Del Sunday. What's up, everybody? DJ Bucky here with Move the Sticks. Bucky, tell everybody what's coming up on this week's episode. We're going to take a look at some of the contenders and see if we're confident or concerned as they head down the stretch. Also, what's going on with Aaron Rodgers? And finally, Coach Billet calls in. We discuss some of the coaches on the hot seat. A lot of ground to cover on this week's Move the Sticks. Check it out, NFL.com slash podcast or iTunes, or why not check out the video on YouTube. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Dot com slash compatibility.